Scott has uh, just got back on Monday from, uh, was it a week and a bit? Yeah. A week and a bit traveling with Ken Fish, um, and he's got some wonderful stuff to lay on us. Let's pray for Scott. Father, we just thank you for the heart of this man, this heart, the heart of this man that, that truly seeks your kingdom first. Holy Spirit, would you empower him with every good and perfect gift to teach us, to love on us, and empower us and equip us. Father, whatever it is that you've got on your heart this morning, let it come. In Jesus' name, bless God. Amen. Hi, everybody. It's good to see you all again. Uh, it's good to be home. I'm, I'm, yeah, it is. It's really good to be home. I missed here a lot, but sorry, guys, I missed my family a whole, whole lot more. Um, it was a, a long time. It was about a week and a half, and um, man, uh, my body basically went on to, because we were in Perth, went on to night shift, because we weren't, we weren't going to bed till you know, between 12 and 2 uh, Perth time, which is really like 2 to 4 our time, and uh, only getting about six hours sleep a night, you just kept wa- we just kept waking up, and it, it was crazy intense time, so um, I, I hit the wall on, uh, on well, Wednesday, I think it was, I went to work, and I, um, in my role, I coached some people, and, and I nearly fell asleep on this lady as, as I was coaching her, <laughs> I was sitting there in an official meeting, and I'm nodding away, and I started talking, and I stopped myself, and I just went, what did I just say? I actually don't, I think I just fell asleep mid-sentence. What did I just say to her? <laughs> I had to apologise to her afterwards. Um, she was okay with that, but it was pretty embarrassing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was at uh, one of my son's training. Uh, they play AFL, and I, it was one of their training nights. And, and in particular, they were doing some, some work where we, they would... They would come together and it was riding the bump or taking the tackle as we were talking AFL. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know the NRL terms, obviously taking the tackle, but it's a little bit different. But they would receive the football and they would take off and run as hard as they could and hit a guy who had a, a pad. They would just basically hit the, hit the pad and take, take the bump and, and then move on because that's what happens in AFL. You get blindsided by tackles and things. You don't see them coming. You've got to get prepared to, hit, to take the bump. And... So I was trying to teach Jake in particular and also Luke, my, my second, about because what, what they'd often do, and this is a part of the way we've raised them, you know, you raise your kids to be nice and, and good and all those kinds of things, and you get into a sport where you say, go hard, you know, tackle, bump, hit, knock, all those, not, not hit, hit, but you know, hit the body, so to speak. And uh, what would happen, though, is that as Jake would come to the bump, he would go full tilt and just as he would hit the bump, about to take the bump, he would take two little stutter steps and he would lose all momentum as he went into the impact. And if you know what AFL, and I'm assuming it's the same in NRL, if you do that, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt because the two objects are coming together. It's simple law of physics. If you've got two objects that are coming together, if one's coming in faster than the other... The one that's going in faster is going to make the greatest impact. The one that's got the less speed is going to get whacked pretty hard uh, with that. So the lights went on after a couple, after basically me geeing him up and yelling, go, go, don't you see? <laughs> All the things you do. It was encouraging. I wasn't yelling and screaming at him, but it was just that keep the momentum going. 
took a couple of times, but he finally did it. Whack into the pad, and you could see the lights turn on and switch on. You go, ah, I can do this, and it didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to and going that hard. Well, me being the bright cookie I am, uh, didn't realise that the Lord was actually talking to me in, in the midst of that as well and would bring that exact topic up for me about a week later. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as them. I've, I've been a, a nice Christian uh, uh, for a lot of my time in, in following the Lord and that's all, all been fine but the Lord's been significantly challenging me over the... Well, it's been a long time uh, through very different events to get in there and fight, to go hard and to not back down for the things in particular of the kingdom. And that has been uh, acutely aligned with my identity in him as we've been talking about over the last uh, few weeks. The Lord has been putting the two of those things together for me uh, through life circumstances over the last, well, it's got to be at least a year or so. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. I'll read it again. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. I was discovering that God hides things for me and not from me. It's uh, it's quite a, been quite a revelation for me that, that God would not hide things necessarily from me, but he would actually hide them for me, that I would go and search them out and that I would be purposeful and almost, in one sense, aggressive in going after those things and finding those things. I had the privilege of listening to Bill Johnson while I was over in Perth. It was such a gift from the Lord. I had no idea he was even there, to be honest, and, and it just worked out time-wise that we could go and actually um, hear him speak. And, and he used this analogy, which just, it was just fantastic. He talked about, in, in terms of God hiding things for you and not from you, he said, if, you, if you're doing an Easter egg hunt for your kids, you... Um, you get engaged with them. The parent gets engaged with them. The parent doesn't just kind of, if they're three, maybe you hide one on the table and you tell the older ones, don't you dare, don't touch, you know, we've all been there, don't, leave it alone, don't touch it. Three or four-year-old's still none the wiser, even though you're yelling at the 12, 13-year-old not to touch the one that's in direct plain sight of them, the kid's standing about, what, that far away from it. It's always hilarious to watch that. But you, with the 12, 13-year-olds, you know, you might go and hide them a little harder. You put them in more difficult places for them to go and find. And Bill talked about it's the delight of the Father to see us find the gifts. It is the delight of the Father that we would actually search the truths of him out, to search the truths of the kingdom and kingdom matters out. It's in his delight that we actually would find them and that we would live them out. And I was um, coming to understand that through, well, the last year and in culmination of going to Perth, in the midst of all of that, I was becoming more unsettled with my legacy in the kingdom. Um, that's probably another story for another time. But all that to say is that as I reflected on my life and as I looked on the Bible, I looked back and I said, Lord, I, I can't do this the way I've been doing it anymore. I, I have to see the things that you speak in your word, the things that you said we would do. The things that you would say, say, you say we are, I, I can't live the way I have been anymore. I need to see your kingdom come in my life. And uh, careful with that prayer. <laughs> 
be very, very careful with that prayer. Don't just say that nonchalantly um, because he'll answer it. He will answer that prayer for you. I was asking myself, was my life reflecting my identity as a son of God who lived as one who saw God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? I'll throw a question out to you now and I'll let you ponder on this. How much of heaven can we see on earth now? How much of heaven can we see on earth now? In the vineyard terms, we would talk about this as the now and the not yet. That we have, um, we see some healings, we don't see others, we can't figure that out, you know, all those kinds of things that go on. For me, the Lord's been challenging me to live more in the now than in the not yet. I never really thought about that. How much do I act? Do I think it's 50 50? And if I had been honest, I probably would have said, yeah, maybe I would think it was 50 50. For, for that end, I don't even know why I put a number on it. But because the reality is, I want to I want to live for the not yet. I don't want to just focus on. Sorry, the now, the now. Thank you. <laughs> that would have been a fair old slip up, wouldn't it? Um, I want to live for the now, and not necessarily focus on the not yet. The not yet might happen, but I want to press in for the now, and what God wants to do in His kingdom breaking in. For me, when I uh, read John fourteen. And when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus said, God is in me, and I am in the Father, and we also will be in him, was that a reality for me? Was I living like this? Can, uh, can we just read that? When you turn your Bibles to John 14, I'd like to read that over you, if I can, today. Too many Bible apps. Gone to the wrong one. Uh, we'll start at verse 1. Okay. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also be with me where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, very truly. Well done, Scott. Spoke good English. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
They are profound words. They are profound, profound words. Jesus, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that our, as we have sung this morning and John prayed, our identity is found in you. That because of you, we are in right relationship with the Father. And it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I know you want to bring us life this morning. I know you want to speak to us more about our identity in you. So we come with hearts open wide to receive from you and to hear from you. Father, I ask that my words would be your words and what is of me will fall to the ground as dust. What is of you will be held onto and take seed and grow in people's lives. Everything that happens here this morning, I pray it is for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If Jesus said we will do even greater things than these, then I was hungry to see this because a reality in my mind, I wanted to see it become a reality in my mind and in my family's life. I want my boys not to have to wrestle with the things that I've had to wrestle through in my life. I want to pass on the stories of God that makes it normal for them to see somebody healed of schizophrenia or somebody healed of mental illnesses, which schizophrenia is, physical pain, arthritis, all of those things. I want that to be normal for their life. I don't want them to have to wrestle through the things that I have, and I'm sure you have with the Lord. I know they have to wrestle through some things with the Lord, no matter what we do. But that side of the kingdom, that part of the kingdom where Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out demons, feed the poor, you know it, Isaiah 61, that that would be a core reality of their life. Whether they go and be a missionary, whether they get married or don't get married, whether they be a school teacher, whether they be a politician, whatever, they aren't the dreams I'm praying for my sons. That's open for them what they want to do. But whatever God has for them, the centrality would not change. The message would not change in their life. The core of who they are in their identity in Jesus would not change. And therefore, the works that they do, not because they have to for the king, but because of who they are, how they be, with Jesus, that's where our identity is. Make no mistake about that this morning in anything I say. We are who we are because of what Jesus did and who he is. That's where our identity is found. But I want them, in the midst of that identity, to know the power and the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want them to heal the sick, feed the poor, cast out demons. The list goes on. I want them to do that. We often talk about Jesus and how he, um, all that he's done for us and, and, and right. And, and so I heard an interesting comment that made me stop and reflect this week. That Jesus, he was the fulfillment of Israel. Read Matthew if you want to know that. You'll read a lot of Matthew and you'll see that um, Jesus was all that Israel was meant to be to humanity. He fulfilled everything, that, that, that what it meant to be in right relationship with God. But I also heard it, heard it said this week that Jesus modelled what one person could do in perfect relationship to the Father. He modelled it so someone could follow it. That's our call. He modelled the relationship with the Father so we could follow it. And I was desperate for that to happen in my life. All right. So, Perth. 
part of what I'm doing this morning, if you haven't already figured it out, is I, I just want to give my testimony. I, I just want to hopefully just... I, I truly believe that this, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and, and I'm praying that what I say this morning will just spur people on for the glory of Jesus. Nothing about me, all about him. So I was offered a chance to go to Perth and it was over about six months ago and as I talked to Belinda just on the cuff, um, Ken had said, why don't you come along? Um, and I, I prayed about that and I said to Belinda, look, Ken said, would I like to go to Perth? It's, it's in March. She said, straight up, Belinda just went, yeah, you've got to go. That, that's the right thing. And I said, wow, because usually we talk about that a little bit more and what that'll mean and things, but she was like, bang, yep, you've got to go. So I'm like, all right, Lord, apparently that's you, um, and, and, and committed to going. Long story short, finances didn't come. As, as many of you, <laughs> circumstances, you step out in faith and it literally is a step of faith and you're waiting and you're waiting and, and often it's around finances, let's be honest. There's a lot of things that happen around finances and trusting God and no kidding considering the, the value that our world has around our money. And it wasn't there. The finances just weren't there. So I started to have the conversation and I think one of them I had was on the way home from church one morning and, and I, I went inside and, and I had to just go inside and basically rush out again uh, after that. And I said to Belinda, I said, I... I don't think it's, I, I'm not going to be going. We, I, I just, I don't have airfares. They're all, the planes are filling up quickly. I can see the seats are, are reducing. And I, um, I just don't think it's right anymore. She's like, well, we'll see. Just hold on. Let's see um, what God does. I get in the car. And uh, for all you Christians that are around in the 80s, or if you're about my age, which is 39, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You might remember Michael W. Smith was pretty big in, in the uh, in the 80s and early 90s and he had this, in one sense if you listen to it now, it was so corny. I mean, if you when I say this, I can't remember if it was actually called Go West Young Man, but it was this really corny album. He's got this bright blue um, uh, jacket on and, and he just, think of like, I mean, he wasn't looking like Prince, but think about those kind of guys with those blue, bright cobalt blue colours and things like that. Anyway... I have never heard this song. I used to sing it a lot and now I listen to it and go, oh, it had its time and now it's just embarrassing. I listened to it. It was called Go West, Young Man and Let Evil Go East. So some of you are now going, oh, yeah. Now it's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Sorry, apologies about that. I turn the car on. I've never heard that song on the radio. I get out of that conversation with Belinda. I turn the car on and the radio pops up and that, it's not the first line of that song or starting. The, the very line that it says as soon as I turn the car on is, Go West, young man. I'm like, all right, Lord, you've got my attention again. <laughs> um, well, it's still yes. I'm, I'm still going. But I don't know what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, but it's, it's still yes. So um, I ended up about two days from my expected day to travel, still didn't have the money and sitting up in that office with Kirk. Oh, what is God doing? Why does he do this to me? All the normal things we do. And little did I know at that time, probably as I was sitting in that office, I suspect, um, the money was being transferred into my account right at that time uh, for me to be able to go. So I went, went to Perth. God is very faithful. Believe his word. When you hear and people speak over you because the words are from the Lord, hold on to them, test them wrestle them through with Jesus. Go hard after them um, and don't back down. 
And I just spilled water all over the floor. Good job. Looked like I peed on the floor. Um, <laughs> so that happened. And when I went to the, the first, one of the first nights we were there, the Lord reminded me of that picture that I had with Jake and, and go hard and don't back down. Spoke it out again over this crowd and, and the Lord was talking to me about that. And I do believe it's a word for us uh, today. Go hard and don't back down. Chase after the things of the kingdom. Don't go after them lightly. God has a purpose and a plan for every one of us. Why do I believe it's a word for us today? Well, first and foremost, because each that are children of God are called to be kingdom people. That's the reality. We're called to be kingdom people. Where God's kingdom is, there is also his rule and reign. Where he rules and reigns, there his presence dwells. You and I, as we talked, I think John prayed about this morning, um, we're the people of the presence. We've always been called, when we, called to, when, we, when we followed Jesus, to be people of the presence. I, uh, I spoke to the worship team this morning because they mentioned presence, and, and when you hear the word presence in the Bible, the word is translated, literally it means like this close. Presence, as close face-to-face as you can be without actually touching each other. That's what the Bible's talking about when it talks about God's presence. You're right about here, that far away from each other. When we get into that place where we're carriers of the presence of God and we know our identity in God, we become dangerous. We become very dangerous to the enemy. And uh, what I found on my trip and what I'm finding in my daily life is when we carry the presence of God, we will inevitably, because we carry, we become light to dark places. We are the light of the world. The kingdom of darkness gets stirred up, whether you want it to or not. I went and sat next to a young man in Perth. He had some seriously demonic issues going on. And if you ever wonder about whether when you carry the presence and you know who you are and you carry the authority of the king, you know that because you know you are a child of God. I sat down next to this young man who had some demonic stuff going on. I didn't say a word. I just sat next to him. And all of a sudden, this he just starts screeching. The demonic just starts manifesting. I didn't say anything. It's just, it was purely the presence of the Father that came because I carry it. You carry it. You carry the presence of the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that kind of stuff hang up, happened. So that's the first reason. Second, because I'm one of those people that believe a great move of God is coming to our nation. I do. I, and I'm, I'm gunning for it. I'm going for it. I'm not hyping it up. I'm just listening to all that's being spoken and I'm watching God move. And I'm convinced there's something coming to our nation. But I don't believe it's going to be like other things. You know, often we've seen great conferences and great moves of God through people coming together into one place. We're Australia. We're different. We always have been different uh, to other nations. World War I was the light horseman. Classic example. We did it other people's way and it didn't work for us. We finally broke the oppression of the English. No. Um, we, we, <laughs> we went and did it our way and we broke the lines. Through we went. And I believe God has a unique call on our nation. Now this part might be my own thinking, might be, and I will stand corrected. This isn't a word from the Lord. I do believe the move of God is coming, and I hold on to that firmly. But this move of God that is coming, I believe it's going to be 
and I, I hate, I've often thought of how to, how to term this because I don't want you, anybody to ever diminish their importance in the kingdom of God. You are just as important as any speaker who gets up and speaks to 3,000 people at a time or whatever. Your value to Jesus is just as high as that person and the same spirit that is in them is in you. The same spirit that is in them is in you. So, But I, what I believe is the move of God that is coming, it involves each and every one of us in the places we are, carrying the presence of God, speaking deeply into people's lives, God talking to us and saying, that person is struggling with this today. Have a coffee with them or... And it, it happens. Divine encounters coming. I believe the move of God is going to come in a very different way. Why do I believe that? Because over the last week and a half, I just watched God absolutely nailing people and empowering them through the power of the Holy Spirit. What, watching people this week get touched by the Holy Spirit for the first time, like praying for them, speaking into their lives, sometimes prophetic words, sometimes words of knowledge, speaking that to them, watching them come alive, it was just as joyous as watching first come to Jesus and knowing him as the Lord and Saviour. There's something amiss when we just don't know the power, the Holy Spirit in us and touching us. This, there is something just not quite right. I just love watching people get touched by the Holy Spirit. It was an amazing time. So I guess... One of the questions I have to us this morning is, are we ready for that move of God? Are we really ready for that move of God as it comes? Am I ready? I'm asking myself that question. Am I ready? Am I pressing in? Am I pushing forward? When Jesus said the kingdom of God is being laid held by, is forcefully advancing and forceful men laid hold of it. I've, I've done the whole childlike, coming to the, you know, coming into the kingdom with the childlike faith. Done that pretty well. Probably done the way and the truth pretty well as well when Jesus said that the life though continually experiencing the life I probably have not and in that sense of going after and and chasing down the the things of God um, I'm I'm going hard after those things and so Perth I went with really high expectation and I learned that this is a very important kingdom principle having high expectation part of that high expectation is whoever's praying for you trust and anticipate that they can hear from God just like any major speaker can. You have no idea how frustrating it was to pray for a couple of people and all they're doing is you're praying for them. If Ken was over there, you're praying for them and they're like this. They're watching for when he's free to see is is he going to finish so I can move over there. I'm like, nothing happened when I prayed for him. Why? No expectation. They had none. They had none that what I was saying or speaking. And it took some powerful words at times to break through that. And they'd finally be like, what did you just say? You know, and then you caught their attention, were able to minister. Have expectation that you will hear from God and you can pass that on to other people. And when you're being prayed for, that they will hear from God and what they hear will be for your life as well. Trust that. Know, know that that's going to happen. All right. Is it okay if I tell you a couple of things? that happened over in Perth, a couple of stories. They're not trophies. I never want them to be trophies. But I really pray they release faith for what the Father is wanting to do here today and what he wants to do amongst us and through us as we go out into our workplaces, our sporting clubs, our, our kids' events, all of those kinds of things. You know how many tens of thousands of families right now are at sporting fields across Australia or at beaches across Australia? 
There, it's insane. It, when we lived in Cronulla, if you've ever been to, there's a, a cove, and it involves three life-serving clubs all the way along uh, that beach. It's a massive beach. It's like an ant's nest on a Sunday morning. If you were up high, it would look like an ant's nest, just covered in kids and families all meeting on a Sunday morning as they're out there. A little bit of a thought to um, getting out there and getting involved in our community. What I saw over in um, Perth, well, on the offset I saw schizophrenia healed. Straight up. Blew my mind in one sense. Schizophrenia, this guy. We got confirmed. Um, we saw a little bit of change in him as, as Ken and I. That was one I was praying with Ken on. That was, that was a deep one. And uh, we, we saw him. We got confirmation a few days later that he'd come off his meds. And even the doctors and medical people could not believe the change in him um, after only two days of, of having prayer, which was just phenomenal. Um, I saw and got to pray for many people and cast out many demons. These, this was one of the eye-openers for me. You, you, everyday, ordinary Aussies, churchgoers, most of them, just... Um, now I'm not saying we're all carrying around demons. Please don't get all freaked out and go looking around the corner for, for, for the demonic. But the reality was in what we were doing and the way things kind of transpired it was just just unreal i um i watched one girl, one young girl as um i tried to move across to the young adults and get in and pray there was like 300 people ken gave this word that honestly was for our nation we've heard him talk about the the prophecies over our nation here in this church and he gave this word and and literally in a church of like i think seven seven hundred and fifty people um, some of you may know church lands it was called it was a vineyard church at one stage just flooded, like pictured this full of people, I mean shoulder to shoulder, standing like this to get prayer, and up the aisles standing like this. I was stuck, so being a visitor, I'm like, what do I do? All right, going for it, jumping over their chairs, (laughs) standing on their chairs to get out and go and pray for the young adults. And I saw this one girl as I walked past her, uh, one of the other team were already praying for her, and I was going to go around the back. Just, Just this little glance that I caught, on the back of her neck were like these two scratch, scratch marks, quite long, probably as long as my fingers, down, down her neck. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. The Lord just pointed out. So I stopped. And I just laid my hand on her back and, and the other lady who was praying kind of moved away. I spoke some words that the Lord gave me into her life. Now, what I love is, you know, people that don't know edit, the prayer etiquette where we just we stay in the presence and we don't break that. As I spoke those words, I was kind of behind her. She just literally turns around and she says, how did you know that? How did you know that? <laughs> she, she started to freak out that, that the very things that were on her heart, that somebody, a stranger would get them uh, from the Lord. And as I started to pray for her around those issues, and you wouldn't be surprised to know, and if you're wondering, the issue of identity is not unique to us. God is really stirring our nation with the issue of identity. The majority of people I prayed for throughout this week, identity, 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 all the time. Um, she, uh, we started to pray for her, and I said, "Look, can I just ask you that you've got two marks on the back of the ne- of your neck? Can, are they a scar?" She said, "No, I've never had two marks on the back of my neck." And so, right there, I'm like, "All right, what's going on here?" Suddenly, her sister was with us, and suddenly her sister stops and goes, oh, "What is that? What is going on?" She had an open uh, top, and across her chest, these red marks, almost like bruising, appeared 
across her chest because the enemy had been speaking so and had had such a grip on who she was that it almost appeared like punch marks on her chest because of what the enemy had been doing. So her sister's freaking out more than the girl who's getting prayed for. <laughs> She's quite calm. I mean, I'm thinking, if I suddenly come out in these marks that I've never known before, I'm like, ah, what's going on? She's calm. The sister's, ah, what's going on with my sister? So we broke off. Um, she confessed some things. We cut those things off of what the enemy had been doing, broke the power, his power on her life. Gone. Marks. Gone like that. By the time I opened my eyes, finishing the prayer, and her sister opened her eyes, chest was all clear, two marks on the back of her neck, gone. It was almost like a, a claw, a scratch, that the enemy had kind of been you know, holding onto her identity and, and kind of doing that. It, it was freaking me out a little as well as I'm seeing this happen right before my eyes. Um, she, was, she was healed and the Lord was just touching her in a special way. She was one of those people where I, I was just in awe of watching her receive um, from the Holy Spirit for the first time and, and she just came alive. The change in her face even after she had had that touch from the Lord was just inspiring. I was just so stoked for them. And your heart, when, when you have, I have a pastoral heart and I'm suddenly going, we've got to get them connected into small groups, into home groups. Do we have them here? I'm turning around trying to find somebody from the church because she was not fully involved and engaged in the church and the, the Lord had touched her and, you know, those kind of things. You just never want them to stop. I want that snowball to keep rolling. And, and so I think so does the Lord. So I think we got them connected and hooked up that they could get into a small group. But, um, that was part of my heart for them. Um, I saw also, we, we were praying for this one couple. This was pretty funny, actually. Apart from the time where I um, prayed for a guy who had a, a stroke and I introduced myself. It was a large echoey hall and I said, Hi, I'm Scott. And, and I thought I heard him say, Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm like, Ill Chris, is that that's your name? Hi, I'm Scott. No, no. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm like... Eichlis? That's an odd name. Where, where does that name come from? He stops and he, as best he could, he goes, no, I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm Scott. Nice to meet you, Chris. <laughs> it's wonderful to meet you. Once we got past the embarrassment of that situation, um, it was a pretty good time of prayer. We had this other couple, though, that we were praying for. And uh, can I just encourage you all, don't hide things from people that are praying for you, hoping that the Holy Spirit, if you want a touch from God and you want an issue dealt with, don't hide it and try and pretend that somebody has this amazing power. Now, it can happen and, and God does do it, but ministry can happen so much faster, I think, and breakthrough can happen so much faster sometimes if we'll just be up front and say, this is what it is I'm going after, this is what it is I need healing or breakthrough from. Had this one couple we're praying for, and I got this clear word. It was really fast, one of the fastest I'd had. And, and I felt like the Lord had said, um, they're going, they're in or going into ministry. So I asked them, no, 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 we're not doing that. No, no, um, middle-aged couple. No, we're not doing that. I'm like, all right, got that one wrong. But boy, I thought that was pretty clear, Lord. I'm like, and then I feel this strength between the two of them. I'm like, there's a real strength between the two of you. And I heard the word as soon as I said that, small business. So I said, you're involved in small business. Got a nod out of that one. Yes, we are. Went through a couple of other questions. No, 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 this isn't it. It turns out they actually are in ministry. They're involved in financial, helping people with financial breakthrough. And I'm like, guys, you are, you're in the marketplace of ministry. <laughs> I'm going to pray right now that your, key, the, your perspective on where you are 
and how you are valued in the kingdom and what you're doing for Jesus would change right now. That the Lord would speak to you about Christmas. We went through all of that, but it was really hard to get to the point where there was these affirming words uh, and they were almost looking for, or their lack of understanding didn't help, but there was also this element of they were looking for this this great and almighty word that you know nobody nobody had ever heard before and so the Lord was somehow just going to funnel it straight down to me. Um, if you've got a desire from the Lord, speak it out. Speak it out and, and let um, the people um, go for it with you. It can be a whole lot quicker process. I saw a lady with a wrist issue. She came and had prayer and again it was around identity. She had one of those straps around her um, arm here and we prayed through some things about her identity and, and her past. I'm being very broad with these. Please understand some of the words that the Lord was giving were really intimate in terms of the life circumstance. I just don't want to divulge them. It's not fair to those people, but I do want to talk about what Jesus did in freeing them and, and what is possible and what God wants to do in our nation. And we saw this uh, wrist across her, this strap. We prayed through some identity things and didn't see any healing. And then I'm like, what do you do again? And she said, well, I work with children in the schools. And I'm like, well, there's somebody who the enemy's going to target. Anybody who goes into schools and tells the children about Jesus and how much he loves them. And I said, okay, and what do you do with the kids when you're actually uh, um, ministering with them? And she said, well, I'm a puppeteer. I'm like, there it is. You can't use your wrist. You're a puppeteer and... Yeah, that's all going on. I had a feeling the enemy's got an agenda against you, so we're going to just talk and pray through that. So we did. We um, we broke off some spirits and things like that again. And I said, "How's it feeling?" She goes, "Yeah, it's all right." She stops. She goes, "That's not hurting." I said, "Really?" She goes, "No, it's not hurting." Talked a bit through that, and I said, "Hey, look, give me a high five. She gave me a high five with the wrong hand. I'm like. No, give me a high five with the other hand. I said, it's all right, I've got four boys, just give it to me. And so she whacks my hand and as soon as she hit my hand, her eyes go like this and she stops and she was wide-eyed and she says, that didn't hurt, that didn't hurt. For the next two or three days I saw her, no wristband, nothing, nothing on her arm. She's walking around completely and utterly healed, praise Jesus. It was just awesome uh, to watch this stuff happening. There was one, though, that grabbed me the most. We were praying at this uh, conference and we, we, there was this young girl, I'll cut it short, I know time is, is pressing, but we saw this one, one girl and Ken and I both moved towards her at the same time. She was hungry. You could, it was just all over her. She was hungry. In fact, there were so many people that came forward. She went blower. There was a stage about as high as ours. She just got up on the stage to come and receive prayer. She was that hungry. So up she comes and, and we bless her and some stuff happens for her. And, and I went and prayed for one other person. And I felt like the Lord said, go grab her and take her and pray with you. So I grabbed her. And I said, look, do you want to come and pray with me? And eyes light up. She's like, I would love to. Can I do that? And so off we go. And I said, you, you look and watch people. And when you see the Holy Spirit move on them in some way, you tell me or head that way and I'll go and pray with you and we'll pray for that person, trusting that the Lord would do that with her. She nailed it every time. I, like I would see the Lord on somebody and, and she would, boom, off she'd go straight for that person. She'd be out there and over there. And we got to the end of all of this and, and well, in the middle of that she said, Scott, thank you so much. I said, you're, you're fine, you're doing a great job. And she said, but when I came here tonight, 
I said to God, can you take me into the deeper things? I'd want to go into the deeper things and look at what I'm doing. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, you're just amazing. You're just phenomenal. This young girl, 18 years old, I'd love to see her out there with her friends now and what she's doing because somebody just said, come with me. Come with me and, and, and empowered her through the Holy Spirit to go and then do um, Kingdom Works. We uh, got to the end of the night and there was this one lady, so if I'm... If this is one side of the stage, she's about where David is and I'm looking at her from up on the stage. This is a new David, it's all right. <laughs> I'm looking at her and she's like this and she's looking at me kind of like this. And as I looked at her, I was like, oh, wow, what is hanging off you? You can, like her whole physical demeanour, but her face was almost this yellowy colour as I looked at her. And uh, Zoe, the young girl I was praying with, she started to move and I thought, oh, she's missed it. She hasn't seen this lady. And she went right round the outside of the stage. There was just so many people, bodies everywhere all over the floor. We moved around and she started to bustle through and I thought she's heading that direction. She just pushes through people and beelines it straight for that lady. She got her, it was her. We went and prayed for her and uh, she had never been touched by the Holy Spirit. She'd been coming to church enjoyed the knew the love of the father um, but the power of the holy spirit had never come upon her and uh, i didn't know that at the time we started praying spoke some words about identity over her and uh, you know some people will talk about making things up in the kingdom and it's hyped and things like that but for me this moment broke that to say no nah, this is real this is I, I, i've known it's real but now i know i know i know that this is real this this girl, she honestly manifested. She was not possessed by a demon, but she definitely had, and there was an attachment. She, they were hanging on to her. And, and um, it, as I prayed for her, the, um, the demon started to move. I'm using very frank language here because you're going to see more of this as you start to pray for people. I, I believe that. I think we'll see that in the marketplace, churches. It's going to happen. It's coming. And so I started to pray for her. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, no, my chest is so tight. And I said, okay, I can see what's going on here. Let her through a prayer. She could affirm some of the words that I'd spoken to her were what had been happening in her life. Let her in a prayer and she asked Jesus for forgiveness for agreeing with the lie and that I, her identity had, was not in Jesus but in the lie that had been spoken to her. And, and, and at that point, it, I mean, she felt, she went down under the power of the Spirit. Never really seen this before. Never been shown it or conjured up or anything like that. That happens. And in the midst of that, I saw, I saw it move and it was sitting right here on her. And that often happens. Chest up to the throat and it will come out. No coaxing, nothing like that. She suddenly, I said, I see you. The confession has been made. Your power has been broken. Now get out in Jesus' name. And I pointed right at the throat. There was something about that physical action you have. When, when you know you have the power and authority, and I'm saying this to each one of us because we do, when you know you have it and there's that physical action towards the spirit as well, they recognize it. And as soon as I did that, bang, she starts coughing her guts out, turning to the side, demon's gone, out, freedom. Saw her the next day. I actually had to do a double check if it was the same person. That's how much she had changed in appearance. I kind of subtly went up to her and just said her name. 
And, uh, and sure enough, she said, yeah, it's me. It, it is me. I'm like, you look so different from last night. How are you feeling? And she just affirmed that she just had such a great night's sleep that she hadn't had in a long time and she felt free. Uh, so much so that she brought her, um, her housemate along who also was having some seriously horrible um, issues with dreams and depression and things like that and spent about 45 minutes praying with her and, and seeing her be free of some pretty serious stuff as well in her life. It was exciting, guys. It was so exciting to see. But why do I tell you all those stories? Well, as I said before, because I believe a time is coming and is, is, is here. It's, it's always been here, but there's a ramped up time coming. There's a specific move of God that is coming where um, we're going to see this happen day in, day out. It's not going to be a surprise to you that this will happen day in, day out. I believe that. Am I trying to hype you up? No, I'm not. I'm not trying to hype you up at all because I believe the words that I just read before. If Jesus said it, I want to believe it and I want to live it. I just I don't want to just have this find the sky it might or might not happen. I believe Jesus said it, so it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The other reason I tell you all of those stories is because I believe every every single one of us here is a miracle awaiting to explode. You are a walking miracle awaiting to explode. Believing that. Again, because I believe what Jesus said in John 14 and beyond John 14 into John 15 and, and ultimately his death and resurrection. I believe those words and I believe that they're going to happen for each and every one of us if they aren't already happening for each and every one of us. I believe Proverbs 25 too. I believe that statement as well. I believe God wants us to find the things that he is releasing to us. He loves it when we discover more of him and more of his kingdom. He loves it when we chase him down. So um, let's, let's stand together.